Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. And good afternoon. Welcome to Calvary Live. Jason Vanderveer here with you Wednesday afternoon. Excited for the next hour. Uh, we're going to be able to spend some time talking about the Word of God, answering your questions praying uh, for you and for those uh, that you call seeking prayer for. The number to call, you'd heard it just a moment ago, in case you didn't jot it down, 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000. That's the number to call, whether you're listening in Colorado or Wyoming on Grace FM, or uh, also the same number for our friends listening on Truth FM, Kentucky, North Carolina, Tennessee. Welcome to you. And, of course, all of our uh, listeners on Hope FM in Maryland, New Jersey, and Pennsylvania. Welcome to all of you, of course, uh, our friends uh, in Kentucky, North Carolina, Tennessee, and uh, those in the Northeast listening on a one-week delay, but still able to call in the number to call for all once again, 303-690-3000. And if you prefer to text your question in, uh, you can do that uh, as well. We have a text number for you, 720-336-0800. Nine seven seven two zero three three six zero eight nine seven. I will say this: if you're going to text in, I, I'd prefer you give me a call. I'd rather talk to you than text with you. But uh, if if you only have a moment and you need to text, or uh, you just prefer to do that, I certainly understand, and that's why we have that option available for you. Do me a favor: give me a one sentence, kind of a short one sentence text as your question or your prayer request. That way, I can digest it uh, while on the air here and. Uh, and, and and answer your question effectively. So uh, just a quick one-sentence text of your prayer request uh, or your question, if you're going to go that route, 720-336-0897. Uh, or if you want to call me, 303-690-3000. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Jason Vanderveer. I'm the pastor of Calvary Chapel in Parker, Colorado, and uh, you can get more information about uh, our church, uh, about myself, uh, although <laughs> it's not really that exciting, but uh, but our church, that's exciting. You can get information about that at calvarychapelparker.com. That's calvarychapelparker.com. I've got an interesting text question here right off the bat. It says, is mental illness just mental illness, or does it mean someone could be oppressed or possessed uh, by an evil spirit. You know, that's a question that that's uh, becoming more and more relevant, shall we say, or more and more applicable uh, to to uh, people these days as we have uh, more people suffering from, from different uh, things uh, mentally and emotionally. I would say this, that, that we can't uh, label every situation uh, as one way or another, but, but generally speaking, uh, when we're dealing with mental illness, we're dealing with uh, one of a few different things. Sometimes uh, when mental illness uh, presents itself, uh, definitely the issue is, is demonic uh, possession. I wouldn't say that it's particularly 
common, but uh, but it does happen, uh, particularly in 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 certain parts of the world, uh, and where uh, and and what I mean by that geographically is is that there's parts of the world where they're they're into certain things that open them up to the spiritual realm, and uh, so you see a lot more possession. We see a lot of possession in the Bible during the time of Jesus because of the things that were going on spiritually that opened them up to the spiritual realm. Uh, in in Mark chapter five, also in the Gospel of Luke, uh, we see uh, Jesus healing a man uh, with a demon uh, known as the, we call him typically the man of the tombs. And what's interesting is, is he's possessed actually by many demons. And after Jesus delivers him, uh, we see him seated and clothed and in his right mind. So uh, he's affected physically and mentally by the the spiritual realm. Some people uh, are, you know, open themselves up. There is possession. Uh, some people, there is while it's not full-blown possession, uh, there may be demonic uh, oppression. Certainly believers, uh, we know um, in, in the scripture, in Corinthians, uh, we see that, that believers are not cannot be possessed. Uh, you, I always tell people, you're not an apartment complex, you're indwelt by the Holy Spirit, and so you're not possessed by any other spirits. But, but certainly, uh, like Job and others, you can come under spiritual attack. And uh, a lot of times, uh, it's not even that a person has opened themselves up uh, to to this spiritual realm. They could be simply a believer serving the Lord, and uh, and they're attacked by the enemy. And and the form of attack that is chosen is uh, by the enemy is is on their mind. And uh, you know we all at times struggle from different things. Uh, some of us uh, may struggle with with anxiety or with depression. Some may struggle with anger. Some may may uh, struggle with financial issues or health issues. You know, uh, no one gets through life unscathed. And and, and some folks uh, seem to to uh, suffer even in the church uh, from uh, from depression and 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 uh, other similar things. And so uh, the issue is not so much uh, uh, whether it happens. It does happen. The issue is uh, where do we turn to to solve it? Do we turn to the Lord or are we turning to to doctors and, and medications? Um, there's an interesting article I'll, I'll let you read before we move on. Uh, from this uh, uh, from this subject, and it's uh, actually just this week. Uh, it's uh, in the uh, New York Times, uh, April seventh. It's called "Many People Taking Antidepressants Discover They Cannot Quit," and so it's a whole arg uh, whole article uh, on antidepressants, what they were originally designed for, how they're being overprescribed today, how difficult it is for folks to get off of those things, and so I always caution people about going that route. Anyway, uh, enough information. Uh, about that, uh, 303-690-3000, love to hear from you, and uh, let's go to, uh, looks like we've got Michael in Denver. Michael, welcome to the program. Hello, Pastor, how are you doing? I'm doing really well, how are you? Um, I'm doing okay. Uh, I need some prayer, but it's just for overall my overall Christian walk, but I have okay. a question. Sure. Um the Catholic Church, I grew up as a Catholic, mm -hmm. and the Catholic Church used to, used to, used to teach about purgatory sure. and the different, uh, different uh, indulgences and stuff that they used to, used to, used to believe in. Mm -hmm. Now, I, I, I think the Catholic Church still believes, many Catholics still believe in purgatory, mm -hmm. and I have my, my suspicions where maybe the belief came from. 
but can you shed light on where uh, the Vatican and the Catholic Church came up with the concept or the idea of the existence of purgatory? Yeah, so I can give you a little bit of information about that. So basically, if you look at Catholic doctrine, um, it, it necessitates purgatory, and, and I'll explain to you why that is. Um, when a Catholic says, so if you ask a Catholic, and, and if I were to ask you when you were a Catholic, uh, you know, how are you saved? You would say, well, I'm saved by grace. If you ask any Catholic today, they'll, they'll say they're saved by grace. But if they understand church doctrine, what they'll then explain to you, uh, if you probe deep enough or you probe further, is, is that the Catholic Church uses what is called first actual grace. That's the term, first actual grace. And what it means is, is that you are saved initially by grace, but then it is completed by your works. So that when you die, a, a, a Catholic person typically will tell you, well, you don't really know where you're exactly at when you die. And if you die and, and, and you're not exactly in the right place, it necessitates a place like purgatory where you can go and you can complete the process. And so uh, this has been Catholic doctrine for, for a, a long time. Uh, when it came under fire during the Reformation, uh, then they began to, to adopt, they would disagree with what I'm saying now, but, but if you look historically at it, I think you can make a good, good argument for this, that that's when they began to go back and argue for the Apocrypha, because the Apocrypha, uh, in other words, the additional books uh, of the Old Testament, that uh, 13 books uh, that the Catholics have in their Bible, uh, that the Apocrypha supports many doctrines, including purgatory. And that was added in, in, uh, in the 16th century. Oh, okay, so it has nothing really to do with the uh, with the with the with uh, what the Bible talked about about as paradise uh, in the Word in the guy in, in our actual Bible yep. or in the or in the historical historical culture Greek culture or whatever it was of of that place where people went to different levels of hell or whatever. Right. Nothing like that. Okay, nothing like that. Yeah, I, 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 not not as much. I, I, I think certainly you'll find arguments for that. For example, you know, you look in, in in many religions, Islam. You know, there's seven levels of heaven, seven levels of hell. You know, uh, and and a lot of times, uh, a lot of different um, false beliefs have adopted these ideas. But but I think it essentially goes to the heart of of the Catholic idea of salvation. And if you you believe in a salvation based on grace and works, which Paul argues vehemently against in, in the book of Romans, in the book of Ephesians, elsewhere. But if that's your idea of salvation, then you've got to have a place like purgatory to be able to finish that. You see, so, well, see so, when I was raised a Catholic, I was baptized initially as a baby, mm -hmm, and yeah. I was told that that secured my salvation. Yeah, for not exactly. Yeah. And, and, and then on top of that, the fact that I, my family went to a Catholic church and multiple yeah. generations of my family went to a Catholic church, you know, yeah. I was Christian by virtue of association with the family religion, quote unquote. So, you know, I got, I kind of see where you're going with that. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, 
unfortunately, that's only part of the story that you were given at that time for whatever reason. In other words, that got the ball, ro- in the Catholic mind, that got the ball rolling for you. But it was your job to keep the ball rolling. <laughs> and well, if you and if I, you did it and if you didn't keep the ball rolling then you had to do something about it hence hence uh uh purgatory hence uh you know limbo and some of the other uh doctrines as well um because you know a a catholic would 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 have told you at different points in time even now that it would be presumptuous for you to say that you're saved uh, because you can't know in, in, in this life, and you've got to have your last rites when you die, and you've got to be faithful all the way through your life. And, and so you started out with grace, but you've got to finish it uh, with works. So they have a very different idea and understanding of the book of James, for example. So I hope that helps you. Well, yeah, it, it, it kind of, it, kind of uh, it does. I was yeah. wondering about, about it. Um, I did something about it many years ago. I excommunicated, yeah. I excommunicated myself from the Catholic Church. I yeah. didn't need, the, I didn't need the, the Pope to do it for me. I did it yeah. myself. <laughs> Save him the trouble. Hey, what can I pray for you for, Michael? I just uh, my Christian walk needs some needs some serious help. That's the best way to put it. Well, let's let's pray and and uh, uh, let's pray and and the Lord can provide that certainly. Father, I just thank you for Michael. I I thank you for the privilege of just being able to to be here and and, and to talk with him. And uh, Lord, I thank you for his heart, uh, for his love for you. I thank you that he has a relationship with you. Lord, I just pray uh, as you have given him your Spirit as a guarantee of his salvation, of his redemption, uh, of his resurrection, Lord, I just pray that that uh, by the same Spirit uh, that that you would cause him to to walk uh, and to not fulfill the lust of the flesh or anything else, Lord, but uh, to to crucify uh, the old man and to walk in the newness of Christ. And so, Lord, I just pray that you would just continue to strengthen him, that you'd continue to encourage him, that you would wash over him with the water of your word, uh, strengthening, Lord, and, and, and just renewing and equipping. And Lord, I just pray that, that, that you'd give him a complete victory uh, in you through your son, Jesus Christ. And it's in his name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. Hey, you bet. I appreciate your call, Michael. Have, have a great afternoon. You too. Hey, folks, 303-690-3000. Jason Vanderveer here on Calvary Live. Frank in Thornton, Colorado. Frank, welcome to the program. Hello. How are you doing today? I'm doing really well. Thanks for joining me. Okay. I just got a quick question, and I can just kind of listen to you on air and just kind of answer it. I know you're probably busy. But well, I, I just, I'm, I'm not and, busy right now. <laughs> okay. Well, it's kind of like I, I, the thing I went through is I just went through a divorce after 21 years of marriage. It's not something um, I saw coming or something I uh, wanted to happen. But um, when the question is, when I took my oath to my wife in front of the church, in front of my friends and family and God, mm-hmm. um, my oath was to uh, for you know, you know, better for any worse, other people yep. and be yep. forever, you know, ever and ever, and uh, to basically till death do us part. Right. And my standpoint, very much on commitment, very much on oath, and being a person of my of my word. Mm-hmm. And um, I basically, long story short, is now that the the divorce has happened, quite a few people have asked me, "Well, when are you going to start dating? Are you going to date?" And I go, I have "No interest in dating. Mm-hmm. Um, I just got the divorce over with a year ago. I don't see myself 
ever dating too much, but on top of it, my oath to God. Not only my oath mm-hmm. to my wife, but when I swore my oath, I personally took it as an oath, not only between everybody in the church, but to my Lord and Savior, mm-hmm. and to God, and I still feel bonded by that oath. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty much my question. Is, okay. Am I too literal in my oath? Am I too whatever it is? But that's my question. Let me ask you before you go. Let me ask you a couple questions. So, sure. um, without without getting too, uh, I don't want to get too personal, but but sure. what was the nature the nature of the divorce? Uh, was it was it uh, something you decided? Was it something uh, that your wife decided? What was the reason behind it? Was it was it adultery? Was it something else? What, it was. What, what? It was infidelity. It was something I didn't see coming, and at that point in time, I tried to work through the situation. There was no working through it, and. Basically, my wife just packed up and left, and um, there really was nothing to do but go through the divorce because we had to finalize financial situations and this and that and the other thing. So that was the nature of the divorce. Right, right. So there was some infidelity, uh, and then it just one thing led to another. She decided she didn't want to be married anymore, and and Correct. and and here we are, you know, a little right. over a year, or a year or so later. Okay, well that helps me a little bit. The Bible's pretty clear um, in in Matthew nineteen and and elsewhere that that the the what happens is is that we make a uh, a, a commitment. Um, we make a commitment. That's why, you know, when we get married, and particularly when we get married in the church, uh, we get married before God. We get married before all of the congregation that is present as witnesses, and we take those those oaths very seriously before those individuals, and and we promise until death do us part. And and Jesus said in Matthew chapter nineteen, verse nine, that there there is there is only one thing that really breaks that. Uh, that uh, commitment that breaks that union, and then that, and that is sexual immorality. Now, people have played all sorts of kind of games with that term, sexual immorality. But but what he's talking about is sex outside of the marital relationship. It's uh, uh, adultery, as you and I have just talked about. And what happens is is that when adultery takes place, it's not that just something physically happens, but something spiritually happens, and that that relationship is now broken. It doesn't mean that it can't be healed. It doesn't mean that divorce is required. It's just the only time uh, where we see that that uh, divorce is is permitted. Now, if we look in 1 Corinthians 7, uh, he talks about, you know, if a believing spouse is uh, spouse is married and and uh, they're left by someone else that uh, that they're free to remarry that they're not under bondage and so forth. So there are other factors, but but, but primarily that's what breaks a, a a marital relationship. So if someone is married and and the the relationship, as I said, doesn't have to end, but if it does end uh, under those circumstances of adultery, then what we have is a is a biblical divorce that is now. Uh, uh, recognized uh, that that relationship is now divided and broken uh, before the Lord. Not God's ideal. Uh, the Bible says that God God hates divorce, but uh, but that uh, that is the exception that is allowed. So what I tell people is, you're not required to to you're not required to date. You're not you know not required to to 
get remarried or anything like that. But if you're in that situation and and the Lord brings you to the right person uh, and and you've prayed about it and uh, you know you're a believer, they're a believer, and and you begin you know a, a, a proper relationship before the Lord, and you should be obviously having been through you know what you've been through. That other person and you want to go through that situation very cautiously with your your pastor and anybody getting married should should go into it uh, you know very uh, wisely with biblical counseling and preparation for marriage but especially uh, when you know when you're coming out of a, a divorce in your past for you and for the other person to begin you know preparing uh, for the future and and for marriage and 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 for healing and and for a healthy successful relationship before the Lord but by all means uh, you are free to do that doesn't mean that you have to uh, when we look historically at the Apostle Paul it's quite possible and and very likely that the Apostle Paul was married uh, that his wife either passed away or or some have conjectured that when he became a Christian that she divorced him uh, because you see Paul being uh, who he was within Judaism would have almost most certainly had to have been a married man uh, to achieve that position. It kind of went with the, with that. So, but it's possible he wasn't married, but it's very possible he was, and that he was divorced. and And Paul chose to to remain unmarried. And a lot of people might do that uh, after a divorce. So there's no requirement that uh, certainly ever that anybody has to get married. Uh, but uh, when biblical when divorces happen for biblical reasons, uh, then then a person is indeed uh, free to to go forward and and to date uh, uh, in a biblical way and to remarry if that's what the Lord uh, does provide for them. Um, I've got a book that you might uh, be interested in. We carry it at our church, and uh, it's called uh, uh, um, Marriage, Divorce, and Remarriage uh, mm -hmm. by Jay Adams. Okay. Uh, so Marriage, Divorce, and Remarriage, uh, Jay Adams is the author and uh, I highly recommend it uh, if, if for people who are considering you know who have been divorced who are uh, considering you know remarriage dating so forth to uh, pick up a copy of that online or or where Christian books are are typically sold okay well, thank you so much and yeah for me I just um, that you know it's just it's, it's new it's only been a year sure. and but um, for me I never was really big on the dating scene and I have yeah we have children I just don't, um, I want to, you know, for me, I'm just not into, maybe like exactly what you said earlier. If yeah. God puts something in my, if he puts somebody before me and everything mm -hmm. works out and it's meant to work out mm -hmm. and we go down the right um, path yeah. and da, 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 if that's what God um, wishes and sends his will, then I will definitely listen to him because I've been trying to do my best to listen to him because <laughs> I think he has more of a, a grip on what uh, I need to be doing than myself. So, yeah, you know, it's it's not something you want or ought to rush into. Um, you know, you've got to allow yourself time. First of all, time to heal and and right. time to for for the Lord to to get you uh, exactly where He wants you to be, uh, assuming you are to remarry, so that you're in the right place for that other person as well, and not just for yourself, not for the Lord, but also for that other person. And so, um, you know, there's rushing it is 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 not really uh, typically the best uh, approach uh, to that. And so, you know, I just like what Jesus said in Matthew six thirty three: Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness 
promised and all these things will be added unto you and in other words everything uh, that we need everything that he desires for us it's going to be added we just keep it simple stay focused on him he'll show us exactly what he wants us to do if there's a person uh, that he has uh, for us if we're to be remarried um, but I think you've got the right attitude well thank you so much and I do appreciate your, appreciate your work on the radio love the hey. show and um, you just you keep up the good work I appreciate that, uh, Frank, and, you know, maybe uh, touch base with us down the road. Let us know where you're at. How are you doing? Sure. I sure will. You have a great day, okay? God bless you, Frank. Thanks. God bless you. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000. Jason Vandeveer here with you on Calvary Live. Let's go to Kathy in Fort Collins. Kathy, welcome to the program. Hi. Thank you. I um, I have been upset or worrying about things for quite a while concerning my son. He, um, and then the previous gentleman talking about his Catholic faith sure. and the doctrine. So <laughs> I I believe with all my heart from with knowing my son that he had accepted Jesus and then he met this girl and <laughs> he was, you know, he was very, I don't know, I know his faith was very strong and he met a girl, they fell in love and she's Catholic and he started, you know, like the parents started giving him pamphlets and things about the Catholic faith and um, doctrine and reading all these CDs and listening books and CDs. And I was getting very upset, but I had to keep praying that some things were going to work out. And they ended up mm-hmm. getting married in the Catholic Church, and he was confirmed in the Catholic Church. And um, he won't even take communion at church with me because right. it's not right. And I, I'm, I'm trying to respect that, but I'm really worried that all the things that he's doing that he thinks he has to do to be saved, and you talked about this purgatory, and you talked about mm-hmm. um, all these things. He wears this necklace, and he um, he won't go to communion of Catholic Church if he hasn't had confession, I mean, all these things. And I don't know what to think of it, to be honest with you, and it's been upsetting me for a really long time. And... I wanted to know, do you think that once—I know, I believe that once we're saved, our, our, our name's in the Book of Life, and we work all the time, and we're called to do works because of our faith and because of the Holy Spirit in us, mm-hmm. and walk in God, walk with God where He wants us to go and, and presents to us. And now I'm just so conflicted with it, I don't know what to think for Him. Yeah, let, let's talk a little bit. Well, first of all, let's kind of put this all in some context. Um, Michael and I talked a little bit uh, a moment ago, and 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 Kathy, um, you know, so so let's talk. And it's hard to say without knowing, you know, your son and and daughter-in-law, you, you, what their understanding of Catholic doctrine is. But if they've been confirmed in the church, married in the church, uh, I'm assuming a, a a a moderate level of understanding. Basically, Catholics who who understand and believe what the Catholic ter- Church teaches are not saved, um, and that's because their idea of salvation is not a biblical idea of salvation. As I, as I, a, a biblical idea of salvation is is grace through faith alone. Ephesians uh, two eight and nine um, talk about that. Titus three five. Uh, Galatians two sixteen. All of these passages show us that it that it that it's grace through faith alone. But as I mentioned to Michael in the Catholic Church, it's grace initially. 
first actual grace, um, which leads to what they call initial justification. However, after that, they've got to be baptized. They've got to perform other works throughout their lives. They've got to die in a state of grace. And only then, in their minds, in the Catholic minds, are they saved. So, so it's a salvation by grace and works, which goes, as, as we were talking earlier, against the definition of grace because gr- it, uh, it's unmerited favor. If you look at Romans 4, 4, and 5, you know, if you add works to grace, grace is no longer grace. And if you add grace to works, then works are no longer works. And so if anybody, by the way, is listening right now and, and doubting what we're talking about, all they have to do is and go and read the words of Pope John Paul II, the book Cross, Crossing the Threshold, where he says a good life is the condition of salvation, the Council of Trent, uh, uh, the canons and decrees, which all talk about salvation being by grace in their minds and works, uh, Catholic sources of Catholic dogma. We could go on and on and on all day uh, talking about the different quotes from Catholicism that, that show us that it's by works. So, so establishing that, let's talk a little bit more. We've got to take a break here in just a second. Um, so, Kathy, if you can stay with me, uh, what I'd like to do is talk with you more, encourage you, uh, pray for you, uh, pray for your son. So stay with me, and uh, we'll pick it up on the other side of the break. Is that okay? I might okay. have to go into work, but I'll try. Okay. If you do, we'll continue the conversation, and we'll pray. Uh, appreciate you. you calling in, folks. So stick with us. 303-690-3000. Calvary Live. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. And welcome back. Jason Vanderveer here with you on Calvary Live. I'm the pastor of Calvary Chapel in Parker, Colorado. Welcome to all our listeners uh, on Grace FM in Colorado and Wyoming and all our Truth FM listeners in Kentucky, North Carolina, and Tennessee. Welcome to you. And of course, uh, in the Northeast, I uh, hope you're staying dry and warm. Maryland, New Jersey, Pennsylvania on Hope FM there. You can all uh, reach us at 303-690-3000. And we're talking to Kathy. Do we still have Kathy? Kathy, I'm still? Here, and I- I just hold on, but now I have to be in for work. <laughs> okay. I'm so sorry, and I, no, and I, I value that, your opinion, and it's something that I know I'll get good guidance on. So I would I just, hope one I would just, somebody else yeah. has the same questions. Well, I would just say this. I would just say be praying uh, for the salvation of your son and for your daughter-in-law. And uh, if you've got to go, we're going to pray for you uh, after you go, okay? Um, Thank you. And just Thank keep you. sharing the truth with them. Just be patient with them and, uh, and, and pray for them and see what the Lord will do. Thank you. Okay? I appreciate you betcha. it. Yep. Bye-bye. Father, we just lift up Kathy. I lift up uh, her son and daughter-in-law. I pray uh, for their salvation. I pray that you would draw them to yourself or or back to yourself, whatever the, the, the case may be. I pray that you would just uh, reveal to them uh, uh, the truth of your word and uh, not the doctrine of man. And uh, Lord, that you would uh, wake them up uh, at night or whatever it takes. Send people their way. Uh, Lord, uh, let them uh, hear uh, a message or uh, or uh, however you, you need to get your truth uh, across to them. I pray that you would, or just the things that they've already heard. Lord, I pray that those would go off again in their minds and that you would just give Kathy patience and wisdom how to share uh, with them. And uh, Lord, we just pray that you would work. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, let's go to uh, Corey in Colorado Springs. Corey, welcome to the program. Thank you, Pastor Nate. How are you? 
Hey, I'm doing really well. How are you? Not too bad. Not too bad. What's on your mind? Hey, um, so this is kind of a, a follow-on to the to the divorce question from earlier. Sure. Um, so my wife was telling me about one of her friends the other day where the, the husband is essentially checked out. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there's no infidelity that, that right. she knows about anyway, um, but she works three jobs. He doesn't work. He doesn't help around the house. He doesn't lead spiritually. He goes to church physically, but won't go to men's Bible study or anything of that nature. Um, besides hard conversations that need to be had, um, what advice would you give? And if those hard conversations don't work, is there a next step? Yeah, this is a difficult situation, you know, because uh, as you obviously realize, so there isn't uh, infidelity. It's it's not, and, and so many situations are like this. It's not something where it's just cut and dry and even when it's cut and dry it's never easy so i don't want to give that impression either but but um you know the bible doesn't give us a situation where you just say all right just go ahead and go um i think that there are certain situations where obviously uh in first corinthians 7 if someone is in in danger um you know there's there's physical emotional abuse things like that going on there seems to be a case in first corinthians 7 for separation uh, but also in first corinthians 7 we also see the argument being made for a person uh, being willing to stay in a situation that is that is less than ideal or that is not ideal and and what I often tell people is is that when you're in that situation uh, in any marriage the only person ultimately that you can control their behavior is yourself so in other words, and, and I don't speak of that in terms of the classic sense of control that, that people might be thinking of, but I mean, in other words, you can't make somebody else do the right thing. Uh, you can only see to it that, that you're going to do the right thing. And so if somebody checks out, if, if they just emotionally disconnect, if they're not there for the other person, if spiritually uh, they're, they're, they're not growing, the, the marriage isn't healthy, it's, it's effectively broken uh, while they're still together. Uh, but that doesn't mean that, that we in that, in that moment uh, have a right now to, to say, well, I, I want to move on. You've probably heard a lot of people say, say this, and I, I wish that, that I had some money for every time I've heard it said, but the, the saying that people often say is, well, God wants me to be happy. And, and what I usually tell them is, not always. God wants you to be obedient. And he realizes that, that sometimes uh, for your benefit, for your growth, or even in a difficult situation, that you have to go through uh, uh, circumstances that don't make you happy. Uh, you have to remain in situations, a marriage or, or a job or, or dealing with certain people uh, that are very difficult uh, or, or don't make you happy. But in those situations is, is when obedience is required. Anybody can obey and do the right thing when it's easy, but it's when it becomes difficult and, and when um, circumstances aren't exactly in our favor, that's especially when it becomes important. And, and I encourage people, you know, one of the, the big factors in that is is we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know what's going to change in a year or in five years or even 10 years. And and how, as Paul says, uh, that person is maybe won over by the, the godly conduct uh, of the other. And so, uh, you know, apart from, from 
sexual immorality apart from being in danger, uh, I think that there is a responsibility for the godly believer to, uh, to remain even in a difficult situation and to pray and to grow and to be an example and to minister and to love uh, even when they're not being loved. And I realize that that's a, a, a very uh, challenging thing, uh, but, uh, but it is uh, what I believe we find in Scripture that God is calling us to in those difficult situations. And I think it's good that, that uh, you know, you're obviously uh, in the life of, of, of this person um, to be able to encourage them, to pray for them also, uh, to help them do something that otherwise would, would uh, be very difficult on their own. Right. Thank Are you, you with? Yeah. Thanks. I was just uh, wondering your opinion on that, and it it it, it all makes sense. Yeah. Um, it's, it's so a tough... I will. Yeah. Go ahead. I can at least direct um, my wife to First Corinthians seven and yeah um, to encourage to encourage her. So. Yeah, I would just encourage, pray, and just pray, pray, pray. Encourage, you know, fasting uh, and prayer. You know, if you have trusted. Uh, I'm sure you do, pastors and leaders in your church. If you have a, a prayer meeting at your church, just going and in confidence, you know, um, protecting the identity if these other people would happen to know, you know, the people involved, just protecting, you know, the identities, but going and, and, and just diligently praying and seeing what the Lord would do. All right. Okay. Hey, appreciate your call, Corey. Thanks so much for your advice. God bless you. Have a good Have afternoon. A good one, Three, yep, take care. 303-690-3000. Let's go to Laura in Denver. Laura, welcome to the program. Thank you very much. I thank you for taking my phone call. How are you? I'm doing really well. How's your day going? It's been better. It's been better. <laughs> okay, um, well, well, hopefully it'll get better. I'm calling for prayer first. Um, I have two young adult girls, uh, 20 and uh, 22, that have physically fought in the past, you know, five months. And I'm just at my wit's end. And I believe my next step is to ask him to leave, but I just need some prayer to sure. guide him. And so, so they're both living with you, I take it? Well, in actuality, I left them the home since they're both going to school. Uh-huh. And they're staying in my old home. And my husband and I moved into a smaller home. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, so, so they're they living alone. So they're living together. And, and where do you think they're at spiritually? I mean, let's, you know. Well, I raised them to be Christians, but they seem to have forgotten everything I taught them. Right, right. And and is that? Do you think that's something more recent, or is that something that's been developing for you know a while? I mean, in terms of their spiritual walk. Well, I think that once they became older, they kind of felt like they didn't have to listen to me as much, and that's sure. the unfortunate rebelliousness that right. you know we see throughout. And um, they bring up things from the past. They bring up current things. They. They kind of seem very entitled, and they both want their own space. And when yeah. it gets physical like that, it just well, two things. Be- yeah, two things, Laura. Before we pray, I think that certainly uh, you you would certainly um, be in the right, and perhaps very wise uh, to to let them know that you know if they believe that there's a better way, uh, and and that they're adults, then that, that they should go and be responsible for themselves. Uh, so in other words, if they're you know if they're not going to to um, 
continue in a, in a walk with the Lord, if they're going to kind of go out and, and they think that there's a better way other than what you've taught them, then, then maybe they need to go and do that on their own. And sometimes, you know, having to go and do things on our own can put certain pressures uh, on individuals to cause them to see what is really true. And yeah. uh, But while we continue, you know, to provide a, you know, a free place to live and everything and go to school, and then while they continue to do whatever they want, maybe that that doesn't necessarily uh, help them in any way. Um, I don't think that that's an excuse for physically attacking each other, but uh, but but um, you know certainly uh, uh, I think that that you're on the right track. So let's let's pray and uh, and and see what the Lord will do. Father, I just uh, thank you for Laura. First of all, I just pray uh, for her that you would just comfort her heart, uh, for her and her husband, Lord, that you would just give them a peace that you you would help them. Uh, Lord, it, it's so difficult uh, when something like this is going on with a child, let alone two children. And, and, uh, and Lord, just watching them, you know, not do well spiritually and then now to physically um, be at odds with each other. And, and Lord, I just pray that you just comfort her heart, that you would uh, just give her and her husband a peace that you'd give them wisdom in this situation to know exactly every step uh, w what they should do and to handle themselves uh, with uh, godliness and uh, and and um, dignity and 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 strength and Lord I just pray uh, and love most importantly and Lord I pray for these girls Lord I pray that you would just draw them to yourself uh, Lord I pray that uh, that that you would show them uh, the error of the path that they've chosen and and the truth uh, in your son uh, Lord I pray that you'd save them if they don't know you if you if they do that you draw them back regardless Lord that they would be repentant uh, Lord I pray that you would heal their ra relationship between uh, each other and uh, Lord I just pray that you do a powerful work but uh, uh, if for some reason uh, Lord that doesn't happen immediately I pray that Laura would know exactly uh, how to proceed and and what is best to to help her children and Lord I just pray as a mom that uh, uh, for this mom that you would just comfort her heart Lord just uh, strengthen her and and comfort her Lord and just give her a peace in Jesus name we pray in Jesus amen. name we pray amen, amen. thank you very amen. much pastor have a good yeah, day. You, you betcha, and we're going to be praying for you, and uh, and and uh, you're on. You definitely uh, are are on the right track hearing from the Lord. So it's just a difficult time, unfortunately. Yes, sir. Thank you so much. I greatly appreciate it. Have a blessed God, day. You as well. Hey, folks. Three zero three six nine zero three thousand. Let's go to Leslie in Littleton. Leslie, welcome to the program. Hi. How Hi. are you? I'm doing well. How are you today? Good. Thanks. Good. What's on your mind? Um, well, since I, I guess I have a prison quote, and it's also, um, I guess, for the guy who called about um, his friend who's in that tough relationship and your advice right. for him, um, I've been fasting and praying for my husband every Wednesday um, mm -hmm. since September, and um, I don't know why it's taking me so long, but just in our week or two, I just, I have, it's, I'm really seeing change in our marriage. Um, I'm seeing change in my husband. Um, I think his heart is being softened. I'm not sure if he's um, born again yet, but he's coming close to it. And, and, and I know that he sees um, my character um, through, through God and, and that um, he's noticed it and that he will say that I'm the best thing that's ever happened to him because it's drawing him close to God and our communication is better and our love is better and everything is better. So just some encouragement out there um, that 
pay diligence in it um, and believe that God um, wants your marriage to succeed. And, you know, I'm sure there'll still be ups and downs for us, but I see prayer working, and it's amazing. Well, and I appreciate you calling in because, you know, we can we can talk about these things, but the reality is is that when people begin to share um, that they did what the Lord called them to do uh, and that the Lord works through prayer, people know that, but sometimes they just need the encouragement from people like you uh, that just yeah. to remind them it is true and uh, yeah. just to just be patient, to to. Yeah. Pray for your husband or to pray for your wife, uh, who, whoever is, is listening right now and identifying with you, uh, to fast, as you mentioned, uh, to take time, whether it's mm-hmm. once a week, once a month, whatever you know, they're, uh, they're, the Lord lays on their heart to do, to fast and to pray um, and to watch God work. And God, God does—prayer isn't just something that we do as Christians because you know, people tell us to do it, but, but prayer accomplishes things. The Lord yep. works. The Lord works through prayer, and uh, I'm just excited for you. And, Thank you. Uh, yeah. Thank yeah, you. I mean, and I have two girlfriends, so now they're joining me on Wednesdays and praying for our marriages. So it's just awesome. Um, yeah. And we're all long distance on opposite ends of the country, but it's it's just awesome. Yeah, you and, just, um, you know, yeah. get on Skype or FaceTime or text, you know, each other, call each other, whatever. And, uh, you know, if you're in other cities or other countries even, and just pray and encourage or gather together if you're nearby. Yeah, yep. And um, and that kind of leads me to, to just my next thought. Um, mm-hmm. Man, there are times when I, I just see the Lord moving in my life and I can know Him speaking to me, whether it's good things or, or honestly conviction. And there are just times where I feel this overwhelming sense of, like, just, like, standing on the roof of my house and just, like, literally, like, yelling to everybody how great God is. And then (laughs) there are other times when I feel like I'm, like, God puts me in position to speak about Him, and I totally freeze. And it happened to me twice last week, and I just feel, and I just, I just apologize and ask for forgiveness, but I... I, I work in a veterinary hospital, and it's a very kind of, I'm, I'm seeing this is how everywhere is right now, but it's a very anti-God kind of climate. Mm-hmm. And sure. There, yeah, and there's been a, really a couple of really good instances where I should have stepped in and I didn't. And then I, I asked myself, like, why am I so timid to speak out for my faith when other, at other times I just feel like screaming to everybody? And um, so I guess I would just ask for some prayer for that. And I've been praying as well. Um, and any advice, I guess, you have? It's not that I'm ashamed. Um, well, I guess yeah. I'm just a little scared of how it will be received, and I know that's terrible. Yeah, well, let me just say this, that probably everybody listening right now, well, hopefully can identify with you. Uh, I would say that, that you know, you're not unusual. If you look at the prophet Elijah, in the 18th chapter of First Kings, he's taking on the prophets of Baal in, in uh, on top of Mount Carmel, and then in the 19th chapter, he's he's fleeing from from Jezebel, and yeah. you know, uh, and and he's terrified, and I'm the only one left, and you know, so so we're all kind of susceptible to that, from um, from you and I to to the greatest uh, men and women of Scripture. Um, I think of the words that uh, that uh, Jesus uh, said to um, the disciples in the in the Garden of Gethsemane, and uh, he he it goes back to our first conversation. 
conversation, uh, as so many things too, do. But um, he, he said in, in, in the 26th chapter of Matthew, uh, he said, Watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And, and that's exactly what you described. Your spirit is willing, and my spirit is willing. And, and sometimes, you know, my willing spirit matches up and with my emotions and how I feel and my confidence level, and, and, and everything goes great. But at other times, uh, you know, my flesh uh, enters in and it's weak, uh, and so I don't accomplish those things. And so I... I like Peter deny Jesus, uh, like the other disciples, I, I flee from Jesus uh, when I should be proclaiming uh, Jesus Christ from the housetops, as you mentioned. And so so it, it all comes back to prayer. It comes back to watch, watching and praying. Watching uh, involves being aware of myself and my surroundings. So in other words, being aware of my weaknesses, being aware of how I struggle, being aware of what's going on around me, those situations where I do well and those situations where I don't do well, and then praying before I even get into those situations. Um, knowing, you know, I'm weaker in this type of situation, Lord, give me strength. And, and incorporating fasting uh, along with that, as you mentioned earlier, even better, the greatest way to, to conquer the flesh uh, through prayer and uh, adding to that fasting uh, where our flesh realizes it's not going to get what it wants always. And, yeah. uh, and where the spiritual man is strengthened and, and where, where our prayers uh, tend to, to rise to new levels. And so uh, that would be my encouragement to you. Matthew chapter 26, verse 41, if you want to take a look at that, 1 Kings 18 okay. and 19. Um, but I would say that, that what you're describing is, is, uh, is, is, is very typical, and the answer for all of us is the same. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. All right. You bet. God bless you, Leslie. Yeah, you too. Have a good day. Appreciate you calling in. 303-690-3000. That's the number here on Calvary Live. Let's go to Chris in Aurora. Chris, welcome to the program. Thank How you. you. Doing? Hey, yeah. thanks for taking my call. Yeah, you bet. How are you today? I'm, I'm great, thank you. Hey, I had a follow-up question to the lady who called in. I think her name was Kathy. Uh-huh, it was yes. It like her children were Catholic or something. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And my, my question was, um, you had made a, a comment about um, some you know, incorrect uh, doctrines of the Catholic Church and relating to salvation. I'm wondering if it's possible for someone to be Catholic and believe what's necessary to be saved yes and yet and yet be laboring under some misconception about some theological issue um, and uh, despite that that misconception still be saved yeah I, I think that that it, it becomes kind of a very individual uh, uh, evaluation and sometimes I don't know that even, anybody beyond the person in God are able to make that evaluation of a person, but it, it kind of boils down to this, that, that as I mentioned to Kathy, Kathy um, so if you're Catholic and you understand and you believe what the Catholic Church teaches, I don't believe that you're saved because it's their concept of salvation is not the biblical concept of salvation. But to your point, if you're someone and maybe you don't fully understand 
of the doctrine of the Catholic Church, and, and, and maybe you even have a biblical concept of salvation, then, then yeah, I certainly believe it's possible, just as I believe that it's possible for someone who could be caught up in, in a different group or even a cult who doesn't necessarily fully understand but has a biblical sense for whatever reason, maybe from uh, their upbringing or whatever else, as to what salvation is and, and believes in that, I certainly believe that, that, that they're saved because ultimately it, it doesn't matter you know where I'm going to church, that's not what saves me. It doesn't matter even that I might be around some things that are unsavory or ungodly, it just matters what I believe in my heart. Right. Well, thank you very much. I, that, that's what I thought, and and that clears it up for me. Yeah, and and you know, I would say that you know what. So then the question becomes, you know, well, you know, how do we evaluate that? Does does this per this person I'm talking to, and the, you know, what do they exactly believe? And and that's only you know figured out I think through a conversation with them. You know, so what is it right. exactly? What is it that you do exactly believe? You know, do you believe this or do you do you believe, you know, this over here and kind of with the Bible and, and then you know how to pray or how to encourage them? Right, right. I just, uh, uh, the base of my question was, it, it seems that I, I have some Catholic friends who, yeah. who uh, I, I think are saved and yet they, you know, have some beliefs and some doctrines that, you know, I don't, I don't agree with. Sure. It didn't seem to me to exclude them from salvation um, because of that particular misconception, in, in my opinion. Yeah, and I and I don't think it's it, it. I don't think it's even some of the extra doctrines of the Catholic Church as problematic as some of them may be. That's really at issue. Um, really, I think it comes back to the the concept of the Catholic Church and the concept of each individual as to what they believe about how a person is saved. You right. know, and, and and that would be kind of really, you know, because you could spend a lot of time, and maybe there is time to do that at some point. You could spend a lot of time, you know, going through some of these other things, and and maybe there's a, a place for that at some point. But I would always start, you know, with the gospel and and with the essence of salvation by grace through faith, and uh, and not of works, lest anyone should boast, and and just really kind of get a sense for, okay, does this person believe that, or do they believe the Catholic concept, which is grace. Grace in the beginning and then works. You know, what, what is their understanding? And, and then build off of that in one direction or another. Right, right, right. Yeah. Well, great. So, yeah. yeah, I appreciate you clarifying that. Yeah, thank you so much. And uh, have, a, have a great afternoon, brother. Yeah, you too, Chris. God bless you. Take care. Hey, 303-690-3000. That's a number if you want to call. We had a call also from Diana in Highlands Ranch. Appreciate you calling, Diana. She also, uh, like Leslie, had an encouragement uh, for for those uh, who are listening who are married and just the power of prayer and um, these conversations about divorce, uh, you know, touched her heart and, and encouraged her. So I just appreciate all of you you listening and, uh, and hope that's an encouragement to you. Uh, let's go to Victor in Strasbourg. Uh, time for one more question. Victor, welcome to the program. Got to just a few minutes. What's on your mind? Uh, thank you, Pastor. I just wanted to, uh, you know, I've, I've been praying and felt like, for lack of a better term, I'm not praying hard enough or loud enough, and I just heard you mention fasting. Yeah. Uh, I just wanted to ask more about that, what that entails. Is that like a no food for 24 hours thing, no, no sure. habits such as like nicotine or candy or Water is—is is there like a particular way to fast? Is there a preferred way to fast? 
Yeah, so let's talk about it. Um, obviously, very briefly, the purpose of fasting, as I, as I just mentioned a moment ago, in case anybody else didn't hear you, I think you obviously heard it. What happens when we fast is is that is is that really the the physical man is kind of pushed to the side. The spiritual man is elevated along with his prayers, and that's why Jesus says in in Matthew seventeen twenty one in in relationship uh, to uh, to uh, a certain demonic situation that this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. In other words, there's certain situations that require a different level of prayer. And so as you mentioned, wanting your prayers to go to the next level, uh, something that we want to accompany with that, um, and there's no set rule that I should fast once a week or once a month or once a year or whatever. You know, you may do it at different intervals. Um, you may do it as you have different things that you want to pray about. Um, but what you're typically going to do is is you're going to, uh, you know, maybe just pick a day during the week where you, for a 24-hour period, uh, where you fast from food. Um, I would suggest that you probably still drink some water uh, during that period of time, but but that uh, that you you go without uh, you know your breakfast, lunch, and dinner for a 24-hour period, and maybe start that way. Start with a, a one-day fast. Some people ha- do multi-day fasts. Uh, sometimes churches will do that, and entire groups of people will do it together. Uh, so that's also a, another really neat thing to get involved with. But when you fast, it's not just fasting. It's also taking time during that period of time to actually pray. And uh, and and what you will find is, is that as you couple uh, prayer with fasting, uh, that, that, uh, that your prayers, uh, take on a, a, a new sense of, uh, uh, of, uh, I, I don't want to say urgency or importance or, or, or power, but in a sense they do before God. And, and, and it, it, it does something before the Lord. It takes us to a place before the Lord. It takes us in our prayers to a place before the Lord. It, it, it tends to remove the physical man from the equation and, and, and the Lord works through that. And, uh, and so I would just encourage you to do that. Typically, it's not something like, you know, I, I think we see in modern religion, you know, fasting is, is like giving up something for Lent in their minds. And so they say, well, I'm not going to watch baseball uh, for Lent. It's right. not tip, you're, you're not going to have the same kind of effect, unfortunately. Uh, with that, you just won't watch baseball. Uh, or, you, you know, some people say, well, I'm not going to eat sweets for this period of time. Uh, my experience, you know, this is going without food uh, for a period of time, probably still uh, for your health, drinking water. Anybody listening right now, by the way, uh, who has any kind of health conditions, you may want to have a, a, a conversation also if you do uh, have anything with your doctor to make sure that, you know, it's something for you that's safe. If you have blood sugar issues, for example, you're diabetic, you definitely want to have that kind of conversation because we don't want you to be medically uh, injured by this. But for the reasonable, healthy person, going with Without food for a period of time uh, is something that actually becomes easier and easier and something spiritual happens in that. So I hope that helped. Does that answer your question, Victor? Absolutely. You know, I'm going through something spiritually and that sounds like it's right up my alley of what I was looking for. So I really do appreciate it. Excellent. Well, God bless you. Appreciate you calling in. Folks, appreciate all of you listening. Calvary Live is going to be back tomorrow and uh, God bless you and good night. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.